and welcome to the Glacially Musical Podcast and YouTube Review. As always, I am Nick Cameron of the semi-functioning, semi-functioning, semi, coming to America, Prince Semi, whatever, uh, musical blog, Glacially Musical. I am joined by the man who always swims backwards, Keefe Crawdad. How are we doing today, buddy? I am getting harangued by you for wearing a shirt I already wore, <laughs> like... <sighs> Yes, I washed and rewore this shirt today. Sorry. That's fine. If anybody is watching, they will see my amazing Princess Mononoke t-shirt, which is one of the rare times I'm wearing a white t-shirt. I I think I own... Openly try never to wear a white t-shirt. Same. I think I own like two. Uh, Kid and I actually had a conversation about, because I can't match clothing. That's like my, my thing. I can't match colors. So I always wear black or gray they're functional they're perfect and if you look at my shoes when i wear chucks typically my chucks will be one of the colors of my t-shirt so when i wear my black and blue st louis blues hat i wear my black and blue chucks because i can't match colors I i just can't do it i'm not colorblind i just don't know what's matching and what's not matching i don't get it so she asked me you know would you be interested if you could would you want to be able to match colors i'm like no i like black it's fine but so the the this shirt actually was going to be in another podcast. This is uh, not the first instance that I was going to wear this t- this t- this shirt, which is an amazing shirt. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube. Princess Mononoke, one of the greatest anime films of all time. Maybe. The However, way. the first time I was going to wear it, I did spill my dinner on it, and it's white. I so. have a very very light heather gray. Do you know that the shade of heather gray? It's not dark gray. It's light light wow, gray. Wow, we are getting really fucking fancy. Pantone color. Did we say beer metal and swearing? I don't think no, so. You just did. Um, <laughs> and and colors and men's clothing haberdashery advice. Haberdashery and, is the des- It's the best dashery. Yeah, it is indeed. Um, I have a very light heather gray. Shirt, my Lemmy shirt with him giving the finger, and I got booed on it. I just, I was took it out to wear it this week, and I was like, "There's like a fucking stain," and I was like, "Oh fucking!" Rah. The fatness is killing me, not just from fatness, but other things. All right, uh, fatness Everdeen. Wait a minute, nice. I, I, I no, I'm sorry, fatness Paula. I'm sorry, fatness Paula Dean. Oh, there we go. Anyway, I'm not nearly, you. I'm not even remotely as racist. As I'm, about to say nearly <laughs> as I'm not nearly as racist. I'm as just Paul trying Dean. to go with, I'm not racist at all, but like, I'm just trying to go with the rhyme and yeah. the food connection. How, how, before you do your beer check, how are our levels? I feel very loud today. No, you're, you're perfect. I'm really? probably perfect. yelling because I'm, I'm excited. Are you? Sorry. Uh, but. For everyone who is tuning in for the first time, this is the Glacier Musical Podcast. We take, from time to time, we will slice out a decade and take a band from said decade and just go through everything. So here's how we do it. It's beer, metal, swearing, uh, beer check, vinyl check, news of the day, meat of the episode. So if you don't want to hear chitter, jibber-jabber, chitter-chatter, skip ahead about 20 to 30 minutes where you're going to get into Fireball Ministry Part 2. But being as it is beer, metal, and swearing, if you're on the YouTubes, Keefe pointed out last week that Stone is best known for the Arrogant Bastard IPA. So, because I'm that guy, my beer check this week is, in fact, the Arrogant Bastard IPA. I just have to go ahead. 
Go pop. Pretty good. I was gonna I was gonna do the Will Ferrell as the devil, the fiendish masterpiece from the bowels of hell. We had like cool, sophisticated technology to punch in sound effects and terrible things. We would dad joke that shit into oblivion. Drinking this out of my newest pint glass, the Four Hands Brewing Pine Glass, which is one of the many uh, craft breweries here in St. Louis, Missouri, which we are distantly related to as family. Mm. So distant, they wouldn't know me if I said my name. No shit. It's fine. What you got for me, buddy? I have a brand new beer I have never had before. Picked up at the Rainbow Grocery down the block from my house. This is the Solar Sailor Interstellar IPA. You know that we love Solar IPAs. Sailor. I like so, those words I like together. Alliteration is my shit. Uh, Crux Fermentation Project. I don't know what, I guess that's the brand. An India Pale Ale, my favorite, by Crux Fermentation Project in Bend, Oregon. We drink a lot of IPAs on this show. We really do. We are IPA favorable. Um, but We're all right, IPA positive. We are IPA. Not just positive. I'm IPA positive. All right, let's do this thing. I'm no longer COVID positive, though. Thank fuck. Record. Yeah, no shit. Uh, and fuck me everywhere. All right. Wow. I did kind of jostle the groceries around that this was in. This, uh, For the record, I... Uh, this is 7.2% ABV. We're at about 20 ounces of deliciousness. I have already had a 20 ounce uh, India Indian lager, not India pale ale, but an India 7% lager. Uh, it's been a day. It's been an evening. So I wake up this morning. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Pour that shit. I apologize. I have a glass. I'm, I'm on way ahead of myself. That's all right. I spilled this shit everywhere, and I like that you segued. And talked around. Poor is also mediocre as fuck. Um, while I f- tried to k- avoid getting beer on my bedroom rug where my HQ is here. I'm only in this apartment a few more weeks, so let's try not to fuck it up. If you're checking I'm... out the uh, the YouTube review, you can see my delicious. That is a good pour on my side. Yeah, not on mine. Um, I will say that I like this color. So this is an exciting me. Uh, actually, I think it's a little lighter. Um, I'm gonna do some fun chicanery here. Oh, chicanery! I'm gonna get the light dropping some words. So, like, I think it's actually like look, it's lighter in the glass than it looks on camera without the light. Like, it looks kind of dark without the light. But mine is right. not. Mine is red as fuck. I know. I saw that pouring in. Well, that's arrogant bastard. It's kind of a that's what weedy, it is. a weedy. Mm. This mm. week, I actually, I have been working all day on. It's time for the vinyl check. For those paying attention to logistics, hmm. I've been working all day on my speech for why I don't have a record. Because on Sunday I went to an antique mall, and I looked at every record in the antique mall. Holy uh, shit! Sunday afternoon I went to Circa Now Records on South Grand Avenue near my old house. I went through every record there. I didn't buy one. But here we are. It's Tuesday. We're recording an extra this week because I love you. And I love talking to Keefe. It's one of my favorite times. And so I've had to pick up the kid early today from, from, from camp because my mother-in-law was too busy being retired and not leaving the house to go handle this for me. Uh, and don't worry, there's more, there's more to the mother-in-law story for today. And, uh, and, and some great tomfoolery on my side. So I pick up the kid. She's in, it's in Webster Groves. And I say to the kid... Do you want to go to Planet Score Records or do you want to go to an antique mall? Hmm. He says, Dad. 
And I said, I had to give up my lunch break this week for to pick you up today. So, fine. Planet Score Records. So, we went to Planet Score Records. And I had in my hand, Don't Break the Oath. Brand new, remastered, 180 gram marble record. And I held on to it tightly and I considered it was $26, which is a fair value. Pretty fair for price that for that's the remaster, right? Yeah, remaster, one of the latest. However, oh, nice. I came home with possessed seven churches. As you can see, it a is a great the indie record store exclusive. exclusive. Uh, this was twenty nine ninety nine. I he have not means, pulled the shrink wrap off. So he means independent, off. not Indiana. Yes. Or does, not, not only does the podcast not play in Peoria, it does not play in Indiana either. So this is a gatefold. Look at all that business. I don't know what any of it is, and I don't care. All I care about is what's in the sleeve. However, we do have an inner sleeve. No download code, which is fine because I got it from the librarian. I have no problems getting things from the library, especially if I have them on vinyl. Uh, or if I like them, I go buy them on vinyl. One of the nice things about this one is it came in a Mylar sleeve. So the internal workings, Mylar. And it is a gorgeous lime green translucent bitch. That's gorgeous, man. That's some pretty shit. And for anybody who does not know or does not remember right now, Larry Lalonde of Primus is one of the guitar players on this record, which is considered to be the very first death metal record ever. I agree. Um, Possessed is arguably the first actual death metal band. They arguably started also heavily influential to black metal. Most black metal today of newer bands sounds like Possessed, just a little more evil. Um, Just not as good. Not as good, nearly. Jeff is... I'm sorry, Possessed is amazing. Possessed is amazing, and they put out an amazing album three years ago, and I believe they're working on a new one. You know, I have not not picked that up, and I feel like a turd. I wanted to get this one first, frankly. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Possessed Seven Churches, I had the tape in high school, was probably the first album I ever got that I thought was, like, the most evil shit I ever heard beyond the classic metal. And, um... Yeah, man, it is a masterpiece, and my interview with Jeff, Just a Flex, is one of my favorite things I've ever done, and if I never do anything else, you know, I, I, I had a wonderful interview with him, and he still, like, DMs me on Instagram, it's part, it's him and one other person that runs his account, but he, you know, he's very gracious and good to ghost cult, he shared that thing everywhere, he occasionally just shares it, like, it is an awesome interview, it's one of my favorites. No, like, I, I totally get that, my, crazy for me, it was, uh. The closest thing I have to that, that kind of feeling was my interview with Rex Brown of Pantera and Rex Brown of Pantera on Pantera.com. They shared not just like a Facebook post or a tweet, but they actually shared my link on their official website. That helped put you on the map. And, um, you know, I'll I'll tell you, Rex is like a 50-50. Sometimes you get him in a mood. And he's not a good interview. Sometimes, like you said recently... What you learned from... Uh, oh, we lost Nick a little bit. Sorry, cancer. Fancy new webcam, Nick. Sorry. <clears throat> Goose. 
Maybe it was the cat. It was the I'll cat. hold my thought. Should I continue talking while you straighten yeah, it out? Yeah, keep talk. Okay. As Nick talked a few weeks ago uh, in our reminiscence of the great late Trevor Stenod, still very fresh in my mind and heart, uh, but uh, the lesson that Nick learned that I also believe I heard him say, which is like a good interviewer, a good interview is also about the interviewer as much as it is the interviewee. I'm paraphrasing. But um, so Jeff is one of those people. Rex is one of those people. It's like it's just sometimes he's in a mood and he's very open and flowy and cool and vibing. And other times he's just not thrilled. <laughs> um, I did an interview with him way back in the day for his book. I think Nick did as well. And I met Rex again years later, and he was like, oh, no, sorry about that interview, bud. I saw you on the list today. But, uh, you know, he went in about his uh, book and refuted some things. But it's like if you co-authored the book and you had final approval, either you or someone you rely on read the book and signed off on these things. And you can't then go ahead and say they were exaggerated or whatever because you it's got your name on it. You're the co-author of the book. And that guy is a, is a guy who's well-known of having huge integrity, Mark Eglinton. He wrote the James Hetfield book. He co-wrote the Max Cavalera book. Some of these people are bullshit artists, and some of these people are tried and true. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think Nick is getting his technical stuff worked out. I'm going to blabber on a few more minutes. Yeah, go ahead and keep talking. I'm trying to get my fancy camera back. My fancy camera decided to stop working. No, no. I do love that possessed record, I'm going to tell you. Should I go ahead with my vinyl check in the meantime? Yeah, go ahead and do that while I'm... My... Oh, here we go. Oh, did you get it? I apologize for all oh, of... He's back. Oh, very good looking. Nice and crisp. This is, I think, the first podcast we've done where everything is working, both of us. Like, Correct. I believe it is. I believe cause, it is. Because la- you had your camera and my shit was falling apart. There was a week I was, a weekend I wasn't home and I was exhausted and I had the gear with me, but I would have had a set up this setup somewhere else. It's exhausting. Or I was exhausted from the festival and I was like, I, I cannot imagine setting no, up the I camera right now and trying. I, I apologize. My One of the cats is, my, my computer only has one USB port and I am running uh, an external hard drive, a HD camera, a microphone, and a wireless mouse. Okay. Do, do you have, so do you have like an extender thing? Yeah, I, I got a splitter. Do you need another yeah. one? I have one I can send to you. No, I don't need one, but the cat just grabbed it. So here's a cool thing. I can't show it to you, but um, this is a cool trick that I learned from my BFF and one of my hetero life mates, Omar Cordy, my number two here at Ghost Cult, who does all my uh, production for my videos. And he, what he did, he was very smart. He, 3M will sell you these Velcro strips with backing tape. So one side under the multiple USB splitter and one side to the back of your laptop closed or, you know, wherever, as long as you're not blocking a vent for air. No, that totally makes sense, but and, the cat uh, would have still yanked it. If, that, if I had done that, the cat would have yanked down the entire computer. Is the cat like wires? Is that what is one of those things? Yes. Uh, I'm going to pull this a little bit close. Let's get the sexy full-body neck picture. Um, Drop that vinyl. Drop it. Yeah, man. Drop it like it's hot. This is very cool. Again, I am moving house soon, and funds are kind of short, so I don't have a lot of stuff to buy. I did make a purchase that we'll discuss in the next podcast for the next vinyl check. But for this vinyl check, because I like to do them sequentially in the order I get them, that's how I do it. I don't know if you do it that way. Same. I got got this beauty 
on the last record store day, I treated myself. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. This is Cloud Rat's remix record. Please do not let me off the cliff. Hmm. Um, this is a bunch I of love Cloud Rat. Oh, so good. And so this is their really, really leaning the shoulder into that uh, sort of synthwave, ambient, less harsh, less metal stuff that they do. Interesting. This was, this is, they were preparing this release for quite a while. This came on a gorgeous pink vinyl, not quite as translucent as your green, but a really lovely shade of coral. It also comes with a, um, it came in a paper sleeve. I would have liked the Mylar. But it also came with this really cool, I did get a download code, it's here somewhere. And then it also came with this art print, suitable for framing or your wall. Uh, and that's got a little, you know, sort of credits on the back for the album. Cloud Rat is Madison, Warwick, and Brandon. Everything is written, performed, recorded, and mixed by us, except yada yada. And uh, yeah, man, Cloud Rat, one of the best bands out there doing this. It's thing. cool to, for them to finally have a full album that's theirs. They they have a couple and a new one apparently in the works, and they just played at Roadburn, which they have played before. I saw them there in 2018. We just ran our final part of our Roadburn review this weekend, and they Cloud Rat performed twice. They play, performed like a standard Cloud Rat show, and they mm -hmm. did this stuff. Mm -hmm. Just an exclusive performance of Cloud Rat Chill. Cloud Rat and Chill, or Cloud Rat Ambient, or Cloud Rat Electronica Synthwave. And it's not quite Synthwave, but it's not quite like as Synthwave-y as, let's say, Kanga or boy harsher but just a touch under and what you don't realize is that madison has an incredible singing voice you just never heard it much before because she was barking at fucking satan or online. she was doing long ambient avant-garde doom metal songs mm. one of the things about cloud rat that i love is when they would do a split they were able to do a split in the style of the other band they are very special, and they are getting better and better. They are on the great label Artifact Records, which I am a humongous fan of. They have aforementioned Kanga and Kylan Mikla and a bunch of other bands you never hear me shut the fuck up about. So Cloud Rat, Cloud Rat, Cloud Rat, Cloud Rat, Cloud Rat. Cloud Rat. Cloud I have a lot of their splits due to my relationship I had with Halo of Flies Records no, nice. in the last couple of years before uh, Corey folded it, which oh, I... It's a shame. I hate the fact that that label folded. I actually listened to, and I don't know how to pronounce their name, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get it wrong, even though they're Seattleans. Uh, Bragnaufa, Bragnaufa. I don't know. God bless Irish. It's in tight. It's Irish of some ilk. Right. But um, before we get to the news of the day, let me give you my news of the day. So today was my pickup day. Wife's out of town. Uh, again, mother-in-law, too busy not leaving the house to leave the house. So I do all that business. She texts me in the middle of the afternoon. Would you mind grilling some burgers for us tonight? She sends me a picture of two burgers from the fanciest fucking butcher shop in St. Louis. Kenrick's. She has two. One for me, one for the kid, one for you. Oh, wait, we'll share with you. So I had to go get my own fancy fucking burgers. So her burgers were beef and cheese. Mine were beef, cheese, and bacon. So take that. And I got them 40% off. So I got four quarter pound burgers for uh, six bucks. So Dads love a sale. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And look, they had to sell them today. Now they're frozen, so it's fine. 
So I go to light up the uh, the gas grill, which I inherited from my father-in-law. And I spent 20 minutes trying to get the damn thing lit. Couldn't get it lit. Okay, so let me go get the charcoal. No lighter fluid. So I'm like throwing newspapers and sticks, literal sticks. Sticks in there, whatever. I'm going to I'm gonna make this thing go. Uh, after 20 minutes, I'm like, this is not going. Uh, so I have my kid bring me my wallet and keys and glasses because I didn't have those things. And I run to Walgreens and buy some Zippo lighter fuel get this going and i could not get it going so as i'm ready to just cook these on the stove i try to the gas grill one more time and i get the bitch going all right so that was my evening so and while i was doing that and my mother-in-law was criticizing everything i did because again my mother-in-law lives on our first floor we have two families she's got the first we got the second as I got, I had to take out the headphones while I'm listening to the second album of the day to get the criticism. So I'm going to do my best. But news of the day, uh, as I always put in the videos now and, and the, the videos and, and, you know, the podcast. If you want breaking news, go to Ghost Cult. If you want vinyl porn, go to my Instagram. So nothing here you're going to get is breaking. However merciful fate the last one of our one of our last subjects just dropped a new track and every time i sit down to listen to it i get taken away and i forget so how does it sound i don't know how does it sound i mean it sounds great Uh, first of all they didn't quite release it they played it live which is a surprise because usually bands don't occasionally they'll play a song live before they ever drop a single so clearly some Merciful Fate music is coming soon, at least that single or something else. Supposedly uh, there's a record coming, a full record. Yeah, the, um, he, he just gave an update, which I shared a few weeks back, where he said the King Diamond record is ahead of the Merciful Fate record, and the Merciful Fate record was going to be later, but clearly they played a single live. He also said that um, Merciful Fate, again, was going to play, I don't think this new song is that song, but he said they were going to play an eight to nine minute song, either new or old. Live and I didn't look at the set list carefully, and we were joking. Is it that really wonky one from uh, Time? That's let's really not talk wonky. about Time. That's not. Um, you have, you know, I'm glad. This is one of those cases where I'm really glad you had that news item because that was also one of mine. Um, many directions to go with the news, and I'm cognizant of the fact that we started a little late, and you've had a long day, and we have a pod tomorrow. So. Are you at all interested in the Lamb of God slash Amon Amarth news? Yeah, hit me. All right. Lamb of God has announced their brand new album, Omens. By the time this podcast airs and this video runs, you will get to have heard the brand new single and video, Nevermore. I have started to do reaction videos. I'm going to do a reaction video for Nevermore. Um, It's a bit, you know, Lamb of God is one of the preeminent bands in metal, and our podcast is Beer, Metal, and Swearing. Um... There are people who don't like that band, but I think they are great. and have. I'm not a big fan, but I respect have, it. I've been hugely consistent and lost what I consider to be a pinnacally crucial person in the band, the drummer, Chris Adler, and had no drop-off with the replacement, my dude, Art Cruz, formerly of Prong, and Winds of Plague, if you want to go back like 10-plus years. So, I think I've seen them four times. Yeah, somehow. They would Without ever trying it, to. Yes, it was not intentional. 
I never saw them on purpose. It was always at a festival. No, I mean, I never, like, Mayhem they were Fest. at the Sounds of the Underground. They were at the Slayer Farewell show. Yeah. Uh, you talk about Lamb of God? Yeah. Oh, I meant Winds of Plague. Uh, oh, yes. no, no. Lamb of God I've seen on purpose about 10 times and at all those other things. No, I've, also, ne- I've never seen them on purpose, but I have yeah, seen them several times. Yeah. So I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about this. The album is called Omens. It comes out in October. And uh, the band has also announced a humongous, humongous U.S. tour where they're going to have little, let's say, they have Killswitch Engage on every date. Great pairing, Killswitch and Lamb of God, Contemporaries and Peers. Uh, probably Killswitch has sold more records. Lamb of God is probably a little more. It's nice that there heavier. is that they're not doing, and and I love Hailstorm and I love Alice Cooper, but the Hailstorm Alice Cooper, it, it's nice to see two contemporaries going out. You know, one of the one of the times when you get to see modern music living on its own. That's true. It's always some bigger band taking out a younger band uh, or a a older, younger band. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So the really cool thing about this Lamb of God Killswitch Engage tour is not just that. Every couple of weeks or every week, they're going to have a different opening band per per region of the country. So they're starting, I think, on the West Coast, but not playing my city with Baroness. Whoa. Oh, there. I'm sorry. That's yeah. Baron. I think it's the East Coast. Baroness. Then there's like Suicide Silence. Oh, I would like to see them. Even though I love Eddie, and I'd say like that's a fun band live. I don't sit around listening to their records. Rest in peace. I I need to get the first couple. Miss Mitch Locker, rest in peace. I interviewed Mm. him and met him a few times. He was a really sweet guy. Um, Eddie is you know an excellent vocalist. I miss Also Perish. That's the only loss with that. there's some other cool spirit boxes going to open a week. So, like, they're really picked. They're, I mean, like, I have the flyer here. Hold on. I'll call it up just so I'm accurate. Accurate as fuck. I just recorded my video news show for the week. Oh. Here's an idea. Uh, the next piece of news is more of an idea for us. Hold on. Of course, I'm not going to have it. I started a new job this week. I'm really pickled. And it's been a lot of, like, training stuff and learning stuff. Um, oh, I know that is. feeling. I know there it that is. Here it is. So check this shit out. 9-9 to 9-30, Baroness. Starting on the East Coast. Okay. To see if they hit your city. Motionless and White, 10-1 to 10-7. That includes mm-hmm. Aftershock Festival. Motionless and White, fun band live. Improving and getting better. Also 9-9 to 9-30, Suicide Silence. So Suicide Silence, Baroness, Killswitch Engage, Lamb of God. That is probably the best configuration of the tour. But all, also... In all new bands. Right. Newer, right? But also 10-1 to 10-7, Motionless and White. But also 10-1 to 10-20, Fit for an Autopsy. Spirit Box is going to play 10-9 and 10-11. So that's probably the West Coast, I'm guessing. Yeah, it looks like Portland and... Vancouver, their hometown, Seattle, and Portland. Animals as leaders, 1013 to 1020. So this Holy is crap. packed. These are the best, literally, one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the best bands right now playing live, doing things. And not Barrett, just the best, but the biggest. Best, literally, like all these bands headlined by themselves. Spirit Box is on the cusp of becoming a headline band any second now, one album into their career. So, like, 
And Fit for an Autopsy, humongous last two records are both killer. Animals the Leaders need no introduction. Suicide Silence shouldn't need an introduction. Motionless and White probably not needing an introduction except to our audience. And then again, Baroness, to me, to see Suicide Silence, Baroness, and Killswitch with Lamb of God, I might have to go to the East Coast to see this tour. I can um, see that. And if there is no more news, I'm going to drop in the hockey. Please, let's do drop in the hockey because it's a must. As, as as explained before, the Blues, my team, are out of the playoffs. Nazem Kadri, the amazing cheap shot artist, cheap shot at our goalie. Last year, he cheap shotted our uh, number one defenseman. Uh, he got cheap shotted. <laughs> he got cheap shotted by another cheap shot artist, Evander Kane, and he's out for the rest of the season. Rest of the playoff season had thumb surgery. So, yes, I will say all of the racist bullshit that went his way from St. Louis. Fuck that noise. Yeah, horrible. However, I'm not going to complain about a cheap shot artist getting cheap shotted. Hockey's violent. And also want to, and we don't have anybody to stand up to them and make them really not a team of goons. Correct. And speaking of having someone speaking to of stand goons. up, what? Speaking of goons, oh, I thought you were going to talk about my team. I am speaking uh, of having having someone to stand up for the bullies in the world. The New York Rangers have former St. Louis Blue Ryan Motherfucking Reeves, my good friend Darren of the Fourth Line Voice, the podcast. The first enforcer-based podcast where he interviews enforcers that started from the juniors all the way up to the show. Said last year when the Rangers acquired Ryan Reeves that this is the best thing they could do and it will put them, it will make them break through. And here they are, up 2-1 in the conference final. They really should have won the third game. I was really, I don't want to get ahead of myself because it's the Rangers and they do choke a lot. They did win one they tend to choke when they get to this level of the playoffs. Hey, they're they're up by they're up by a game, and they they play the next the next one at home. Oh, oh, are they down now? Losing let's tonight. Not, let's not talk about that score. No, how bad is it? Come on, it's it's two nil. All right then, that's not terrible. But it's uh, not St. Louis seven nil is like insurmountable. Yeah, but it's it's uh, five minutes left in the third in the second, so mm. probably bad. Uh, you gotta. I'm thrilled they got this far. They've been so crap for so long. Hey, I am. I'm pulling for them. I want to see them. I want to see Ryan Reeves get a ring. Uh, I love only you and his mom. Like his dad was a Winnipeg Blue Bomber. Come on, okay. show some respect. All right, if then. you even know who that is, I don't know who his dad is, but I know who the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are. Is he played for the Blue Bombers? He was a Canadian football player. Oh. But you know, if if it's either for me, I want the winner of the Rangers and Lightning to win because Avalanche. Well, because if if the Rangers win, I'm happy for you, and it's not the same team winning again. Mm. If the if the Lightning wins, uh, hometown hero Pat Maroon, whom I watch play in juniors at age 18, wins his fourth cup. If the Rangers win the Stanley Cup, I will finally forgive Dan Kreider for going to Boston College instead of my alma mater, BU. We still won the Frozen Four against him uh, that year I graduated, but it's been hard for me, even though he's rival. And on that note... On that note, let's get to the meat of the sandwich. Let's talk about the meat of the sandwich. Episode 2 of Fireball Ministry. Uh, Let's just quickly recap... 
Fireball Ministry 1. How did you like Fireball Ministry 1? We did not quite come up with a tier list for the first album and the EP, which was longer than the album. The I liked the EP better than the album. We both did. Which uh, I think with the... And it's not an unfair thing, I think, to say that the vast, vast, vast majority of bands do not record their first album appropriately. You know, it's Metallica sounded very different on their first album. Slayer sounded very different. Sepultura sounded very different for their first album. By the time this comes out, we will have done a very early Sepultura record on the Department of Metal Antiquities, actually. Which one? And it's, it's just not Is it in a Chapo. <clears throat> no, I mean, I could say it. It's schizophrenia because th- this will run way before, way after that does. I mean, it's fine. And that, that I was supposed to have run yesterday, but things ha- are supposed to have run hit today, but things happen. And so their first album, they didn't know how to get it done in the studio. They didn't have everything ready to roll. And that's, that's a tale as old as time. Then those first three tracks on the EP, the, the pre-cover stuff, holy crap. You want to talk about a band that found it, that found that thing they were missing. There you go. And then covers of varying qualities. But I liked the way they did that because most of the covers were put out on, you know, compilation records and tribute albums, which the 90s was the decade of the compilation record. And I don't think anyone under the age of 40 can really understand just how many there were. So the idea of them collecting them all and putting them out on one disc, awesome. True, true that. Um, I think, yeah, it's uh, my opinion doesn't matter in this case, but uh, I do love that record. I am very interesting, interested in going to Max and Igor a week from Friday. I can't go Thursday of something else on the 16th, but Max and Igor are playing San Francisco two nights in a row at a pretty mm. decent venue that I saw Death Angel in earlier in the year. And I saw some clips online and they played very well. So it's very tempting to me to go. I think I had an offer to go review that show in St. Louis. And I I, got to say, I'm not tempted to review albums ever again, but I am tempted to review shows. Well, I mean, like in a live review on a podcast, I'd be happy to participate. I certainly can give my opinions on the bands and you can say about, you know, give your review of the show you saw. There's Um, lots of ideas there. I've I've had them too. (laughs) All right, then. All right, then. So Fireball Ministry 1, how did we feel? Like, so you said it wasn't recorded well. We both liked the EP for a variety of reasons. Great covers, excellent originals, all which wound up on the next record. Um, Better recorded. Mm -hmm. So I would say personally, I'm going to say, you know, both of them are C plus, B minus tier. uh, Because the band did much better stuff in the future. I I am... What we're discussing, I think, is before I had heard anything else. I I can't use the future. So Mm. I I would say that the debut is a C plus. It would be enough to make me go, hmm, let me check out. Let me let me check back with you later. Like uh, it's like a first season of a Star Trek series. And, you know, you don't ever watch the first season. You you always get back to the next one. That's true. 
Except um, for the, the original series. And then the second one was, was really good. And I, I would call that one a B plus for an EP because I'm, I'm just counting it as the three tracks because it was 40 minutes. They just threw everything on there as a bonus. Mm. Three tracks. Those and covers are great, though. Three of those four covers are astounding. Some of them are amazing and some um, are... 10 minute versions of songs that yeah the one ten, i did not need the 10 minute version of victim of changes unnecessary but okay fine like that they tried it so they move on they have so now we're going to catch up they start garnering attention as a result of the band's music getting used the song king mm-hmm. which was re-recorded for this new album that's coming up we're going to discuss today they start to get attention from viva la bam bam Majera on mtv their song gets used in some of the episodes. They end up if, on. Vi- Go ahead. If if I may, the 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 era of music and American popular culture we're talking about now is very strange. And so, Viva La Bam. That correct me if I'm wrong, but he uh, is one of the Jackass spinoffs. He was kind of the um, founders of Jackass, actually. That had kind of went beyond them. Okay, uh, so they we're... just had the show and the movies, and you know, beat each other, you know, do crazy pranks and stunts and high risk injury things to themselves. And Bam to, did comedy and music and funny gags, and you know, fly to Europe and see my favorite band and have my best friend find his girlfriend he missed one time, like wild shit. Um, so we're we're talking about an era in the world where you're getting musical exposure by being on a show about a dude that stapled his testicles and is now flying to Paris to meet new girlfriends. Unreal. Um, Sorry. I I just, I just needed to say that. Not to mention that Bam also like abused his family for laughs uh, to better or worse. Right. Now we're, we're, now we're cooking with uh, hatred. This is the, this is the, equivalent of a tiktok song breaking through and having like a millions and like a hundred million people on tiktok here 15 seconds of a song yeah and and then that person gets a record deal yeah and just a few years before this having your out having your video played on mtv at 2 30 in the afternoon would garner you a quarter of a million copies sold which is you know says a lot about the era um that would say that would save your ass on the on a major label just getting one play once true so they get that they also end up on the viva la bands compilation which i think included him and can't kill yourself which was the spinoff band of bam's brother and a bunch of other things they ended up touring with camp kill yourself fireball ministry not that great a match the two bands but interesting nonetheless wwe smackdown versus raw video game for playstation 2 um would come later and that's another thing in this time is getting on the soundtrack of a playstation video game and i i know that video games are now so ubiquitous but there was a time, like when I played video games for the first 20 years of my life, where you'd get beat up for it. And now all of a sudden, getting onto a Tony Hawk video game, getting onto anything, gets you another 
couple hundred thousand records sold. So many bands sold records because of Tony Hawk, Pro Skater, one, two, three, four, whatever. Um, and we're not even talking about Guitar Hero. Right. This is before Guitar Hero and band, whatever rock band. Um, what is the what is the over under on people who don't know that PS stands for PlayStation when they say PS five? Uh, right now, I'd say over under like the, the percentage. Mm. I'm gonna take the over no matter what it is. What's their brand retention on Sony? Is it just they know PS five? They don't know Sony. Do they know Sony? No, I don't know. Sony used to be the greatest at branding and marketing ever, and then they off a cliff. Well, um, the thing about that is it was great that they didn't brand it to Sony. True. Uh, so the band loses their original bassist, Helen Storer, and then they had bassist Brad Davis, who's been in a bunch of different bands on the EP, who was then replaced by Janice Tanaka, formerly of L7, who was friends with the band. I just saw her. She's now playing with Pink in her band. Seriously? Yeah, she's loaded now. I think you mentioned that before. Yeah. And so but they it, get... it's hysterical to me that someone from L7 is joined a Pink's metal band. band. Well, it joined a metal band and then Pink. Well, I mean, L7 I'm not even is worried pretty about heavy. I'm thinking, about the metal. I'm thinking about L7 to metal. Well, I mean, L7 was on the heavier spectrum of grunge, if you want to call I hate the word. I would have called them punk, but... Yeah, I'm a little more punk, but pretty heavy. I mean, that um, Andre tune was amazing. It's a banger. Um, that's a band we might deserve a... a Definitely from, deserves a role. If you've never done them. I don't want to double things you've done on the DM. I have not done any L7. Okay. Might never be was. time. Might be time. Uh, so the second Great Awakening is their second full-length album. Janice joins the band. They start writing most of 2002, writing this record and touring. And I'm going to say just prematurely, this is these next two records, to me, are the pinnacle of the band. Uh, I'm going to point out that you can still get them on vinyl on their Bandcamp page. Mm. This album, however, is $35. It, I, I might have to, and I'll tell you why when I get... Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, as I was listening to this today, I'm not going to be great on track by tracks today, and I'm, I'm sorry. I got you covered. This is my but, shit. This is my I'm shit. This like, is the whole reason we're doing this run is these two records for me. I'm like listening to this album. I'm looking at it on my phone, Googling them on the computer. Because on my phone, I got my AirPods and, you know, it sounds good and all that kind of business. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can get this on vinyl still. Hmm. Motherfucker, it's $35 plus shipping. It's it's a bit much, but it might. Uh, the, this one, this first one is got almost worth it. I'll tell you why. But you can get every one of their records at their band camp still. Yeah, that's great. Ranging from uh, they 35 been, to 15 yeah. bucks. They only had a record a few years ago. They're not doing much right now, and I'll tell you why. But they opened for Danzig, Anthrax, Motorhead, and Slayer all in a row. Wow. Uh, on the, I, between the I two could, albums. I am so sick of going to record stores and finding only the latest couple Danzig records that nobody wants and a shit ton of bootlegs. Re-release the first three. <sighs> I think he doesn't want to split the money with Rick. Rick has a share of that stuff from producing those records, and then so Rick gets... Half a zero is not as good as half of 30. You're seeing Cleopatra Records buying into Black Acid Devil or Black Acid Evil, depending on how you pronounce that album. That just got re-released on a colored vinyl. And I'm a little surprised with these anniversaries all in a row. That he didn't take advantage of Lucifuge, How the Gods Kill is next year, which I think just had a vinyl reissue. 
from music on vinyl and I'm the bit you know Danzig 4 is the big one right Danzig 4 I don't is... want 4 I want 1 2 and 3 okay Danzig is a pretty big one for Danzig fans um that's got the space turds anyway let's get off Danzig so they go in and they um <clears throat> work with Nick Raskulenitz before he's famous basically at 606 West Studio now owned by Dave Grohl and which is where Jim Rota uh, starts to cut his teeth as a producer and engineer. So this is the he starts actually learning the craft, maybe even before this, to not only make their records better, to eventually go record with other people and do a phenomenal job. Funny enough, Second Great Awakening does not have a Wikipedia entry, but their next record does. Yeah, so, that was odd. So I don't know, I need... maybe I need to go write the entry. I don't really want to do that as a per as a journalist and also be writing Wikipedia pages for free when I could get paid to do it. I but hear you. I, don't I mean, know why I'm, someone I'm looking at this going, I can't get history, and I, I I'm why doesn't bad someone track, my track? I'm just yeah. awful this week. Why doesn't someone really related to the band take care of this? Their self title record in 2010, which we'll do next week, uh, whatever tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Is also not, not, not on Wiki, Wiki. there's no Wikipedia. Jesus, entry. Jesus Christ, superstar, slacking, slacking. But but here's the thing: Second Great Awakening comes out on the strength of all these things, and the band really synthesizes the combination of their sound, the vocals from James Rota, and the lyrics in a way like their guitar shit was always on point to me like even if the Very songs much. weren't that great on the first record the guitar playing is like an a even if the songwriting is a c or a b then you got the covers and a you know king breaks through as this breakthrough track because of bam but also it's a great song straight up um they go in to make this record doing one of nick's favorite least favorite things doing in a huge intro a minute 18 second intro for the, for the <laughs> title track of the literally just tacked on to the intro of king basically it's, a, it's unnecessary when i saw them play for the first time they walked out to that song playing on tape so they don't even play the fucking thing that's what carcass does and all theirs because the carcass, carcass does every fucking record at least coc when they come and play they always open up with either the two big instrumental tracks they have ever made, uh, the Shrouded Temples from C.O.C. Blind, and uh, what's the other one? The um, uh, Bottom Feeder, right? Do, 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 do. Black Sabbath Worship, just like this band. If anyone cares, all four of the cats are in this room. Okay, then. You're fucked. Uh, watch your fucking uh, your fancy camera. No, so, they're tired now. It's late. So Second Great Awakening, man. 12 tracks, 11 tracks with a bonus track. Are just balls out. Sabbath worshiping. Satan hailing. Christian-y lyricing. Twin guitar soloing. Gritty vocal greatness. Okay? I practiced that line. I, I um, would agree with that 100%. The they even got a good representation, uh, a, a good knockoff, a wish.com version of the Tony Iommi guitar tone, which that's as close as you're ever going to get to the Tony sound unless you have the amp and the guitar that he played through. And which, what most people don't know, is his the, the monkey guitar, the classic Black Sabbath guitar, didn't have humbuckers. It was an S. It was a single coil SG, which no metaler uses single coils because it doesn't work. Mm. Except when Tony does it, because somehow having 
of losing, you know, eight and a half fingers gets it done. I think so, he has a gain pedal magic going on. I he think has a he very has... special gain pedal. And so I think a lot of Tony is just Tony. I think that's yeah, the thing yeah, that but he... everybody is trying to replicate the guy. And he really, can't. yeah, he really can't. It's a lot of it is him personally. He's got this. He's got a very weird feel because of his lack of fingers. He doesn't use a distortion pedal. He uses a treble booster. That's he doesn't use is. humbuckers. He uses P90s. He doesn't use orange. He uses Laney. Laney. So it's his which are hard to get in America apparently unless you ship them over. Uh, Ace Fraley was a big proponent of Laney. He was a big Laney guy for a while. So was Eddie at one point. He was copied he? the Laneys because he loves Iommi. He copied the Laney. For the Wolfgang, the WVH amp is a basically a knockoff of a lady. The fifty-one fifty. Yeah, one of those, not the PVs. No, mm. yeah, maybe they're the PVs. Uh, anyway, guitar nerds, help us out in the comments. Please leave comments, good or bad or indifferent. We love them. You know, and if you're if you're in this far, thank you so much. You know, one of the things we should mention at the beginning, like every other YouTuber in the fucking world, like and subscribe, or at least thumbs up and comment. Or even thumbs down a comment. Just do something. Interact with this goddamn thing. Fun fact: like eighty to ninety percent of your your viewers on on these videos are brand new people who are not familiar with us. So mm-hmm. that's just a general rule from my expertise as a social marketing guy. And uh, yeah, so if you're brand new here, welcome and let us show us some love or hatred. We'd take either. In, well, in I, I look at the analytics every week, and the analytics are always we have more unique viewers than we have subscribers. So, that is every YouTuber. I know. Subs is a hard thing. I'm really hoping we're going to get a slow climb up. Um, so the album opens beside the intro that Nick was, does not like. It is a good intro, but it's like, ugh, unnecessary. Um, <laughs> All intros are necessary. Yeah. And it opens with the re-recorded version of King from the EP, which granted at this point is now a hit single for this level of band. Not a hit, but it's a hit for them. They have to play it at every show. It's their most popular or second most popular song. And it's a it's it's even better here than it was on the EP when it was recorded. So so, this it's, is much better. The tone and the production choices and the engineering choices on this record are so much better. But the fact that the previous record has what ten songs and three of them were recorded together and the other seven were recorded apart makes it uneven in terms of sound. It's like right. listening to Metallica Garage Days re revisited. That's the first Metallica mention today, the longest we've gone. So. Resisted all temptation. I didn't have anything to say. Fair enough. Um, yes, we covered that in the Garage Inc. episode, by the way. Um, did we, so let's, we did do one. Yeah. So, here's a fun, so here's a fun thing on that, like piggybacking off that idea. So if you throw out the intro that's not necessary and you, you don't count the bonus track, which I don't know if you listened to or not. You didn't. So that's nine tracks. Nope. Not is it? It's ten instead of twelve. Ten instead right. of twelve, and three were on the the last the EP. These that are all better here. So, a pretty good man. Like so now you got like so that's three less than ten. So seven brand new, completely new. If you were already a fan and you didn't, or you knew King and you didn't know anything else from this band, which often happens when a band has a breakthrough. You learned a lot about this band on this record, and this is the best sounding thing you could have got from them. It's probably their best, Agreed. maybe it's, their it's, best sounding record overall. As I mentioned earlier, it's on Bandcamp on vinyl, and I'm looking at it going thirty five bucks, man. I get paid on Friday. I may have to, yeah, I might have to. Not not soon. I got to move first, but so King 
tears the mother off this thing, intro notwithstanding. 432 of Badassery. Great song. Next up is the first new song we did not hear yet, uh, The Sinner. 3 minutes and 30, 27 seconds. Pretty solid, fast, kind of boogie is what this band does. They put the head down, they do the 4-4 beat, and they pedal that riff, boy. They praise the riff. Everything on this band is the riff. Mm. The rhythm section is just the rhythm section is the house, and the lead section is the boogie, and that boogie is the riff. And their their tone, their phrasing, and their precision. This is doom metal. This is stoner metal. It shouldn't be precise. They have found the perfect medium between the precise and imprecise, and they could have done all of these songs two to three times as long as they did but they keep them they keep them the fact they can keep their songs concise precise and full of slice i i didn't have a third one to rhyme to that nicely done um you also notice that janice's bass on here is awesome and Mm -hmm. much fuller and a weightier tone even with a little distortion lemmy style in the bass sometimes whether either put in through the DI box or with a pedal, I'm not sure. Um, the Sinner is also one of the first, you know, King also, but this is where, you know, again, this band battles back and forth. Your Fireball Ministry is from an evangelical show in Cincinnati where the band is from. Jim becomes ordained at this point as a minister. And the <sighs> lyrics, the ly- but the lyrics go back and forth between like straight up questioning religiosity and throwing a finger in the face and hailing Satan sometimes. You I'm just going to say this. Can where we, they leave it. Can we request all bands going forward, unless you are a gospel of some sort band, let's drop Reverend, let's drop Ministry, let's drop it all, because it's been done. Look, if you're if you're going to, or if you're going to do that, every song needs to be GCD. Well, that's the thing. This song kind of is. Like, these songs are, like, if you listen to them and then you listen to them again, you're not sure what you're hearing. Like, there's a lot of sort of mixed metaphors, but it's much more pronounced, much better lyric writing on this album. Better I singing. could not tell you a single lyric on Yeah, well, some, here's the other fun thing that sometimes I think it's fun to me. It might not be fun to other people. who might find it frustrating. He's also like the king, James, like the king of the misheard like, he kind of, like, mumble along the lyrics sometimes. Not mumble rap, but just, like, he'll just be, like, you know, when we get to my favorite song in a few minutes, he gets to, like, you know, like, I think he's messing up. Like, he's not messing up, but he's just kind of, like, occluding what he does on purpose. Like, he just, like, want, like just kind of fumble along on purpose. Yeah, he's playing slop on purpose, like Matt Guitar Murphy. Yeah, that's, and I'm fine with that because I think it adds character to the band that they don't have otherwise. If he just played it clean, I think it would be too clean. Uh, there's already one Pepper Keenan, and there can be no other. Um, I don't mind the sun sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I just heard that song in a bar the other night, and I was like, why this I song? try to hear that song every goddamn day. All right, then. I mean, I want to hear Independent that Worm Saloon. I want to hear Jesus Built My Hot Rod with Gibby on it. I don't want to hear... Anyway, wait a so minute. This, wait a minute. I think I oh Pepper Keenan. That's Tool. No, yeah, Pepper. No, Pepper Keenan is Tool. Pepper. I meant Pepper from Coc Pepper. There's only one. Oh. Pepper Keenan is also. They have the same last name. Maynard James Keenan from Tool. I'm sorry, I got confused. I thought we were doing Thomas Pepper Keenan of Coc Corrosion Conformity. 
I'm no, I missed I missed the mark by Mix, mixing up your Keenans. I'm a fan of both Keenans equally. No, I'm talking about Gibby Haynes. I mean, I, oh, I love Gibby Haynes. Yeah, Pepper. You meant the song Pepper by Buffalo yeah, Surfers, correct? Which was their sellout song because of Loser and Nirvana and like you know Beck, and they wanted a hit song. You know what? I like it better than Who Was in My Room. I'll say it. Oh, all right. Um. So I like the backwards guitar Hendrix stuff. That's about it. Oh, uh, I mean, man. there. I I don't know how much more we can really expound on this album. There is oh. the only complaint I have with it is it needs a slightly more differentiation than it has. It's a little samey. It's actually a lot samey. It's it's samey on the order of the Devil You Know by Heaven and Hell, aka legitimately Black Sabbath, but. Like that one, it works. It works being very samey. It's one tone. It's not, you know, so, it's, it's, it, there's one tone, there's one timbre, there's one speed. That's fair. I'm, I, that is a little samey, but I'm going to say there's, there's some real gems on here, and I am going to go on a little bit about some go of ahead. the tracks. So, Master and Nun is next, and the other, you know, staple of Stone or Doom, there's Weed, there's God or Satan. And then there's self-depreciating humor. And Master and Nun is a little bit of a self-reflective, I'm a fuck-up, you know, what is the meaning of life if I can't function like a grown-up, lucky I can play guitar kind of song. Again. Oh, yeah, I've never heard anybody do that one. Still, though, sorry, I mean, like, again, sorry. you got to dial that instinct back because a lot of people sing about these topics. I mean, and in fairness, it's it's all of my instincts need to be dialed back on this because we're talking about the vanguard of a revolution mm. that ended 10 years ago and everything they did has been done 50 times worse 50 Fair. times poorly yes worse uh proceedingly worse some bands are excellent though um matt uh, so master and on daughter of the damned again back to the religious theme satan possessed by the devil sex just you know witchcraft satanism amazing good lyrics good singing he gets a little more this album james gets a little more of that lemmy gravel in his voice i don't know or, or uh not quite a full-on matt pike but definitely approaching pikeism and um but blended with his cleans he's the only singer in the band when you hear him double tracking it's him doing a hard take and a clean take and I like that. Um, it's been done, but it's, again, it's, it's unique to them in their way. And then, the masterpiece. The best song by this band, in my opinion. Maybe you can say King. Maybe there's another one you might like. The best song by the band. The best song on this album. The best song, maybe, of this fucking decade. Seriously. Flatline is incredible. Every when it comes to bands <sighs> like this, I do the best I can to consume as much as I can and as often as I can. I, I don't have the history you do. Tell me a song, somebody out there, from 2003. I'll let you go to your Wikipedias, your Spotify's, your whatever. What, 2003? Fuck that noise. 2003, come back to me, or even the 2000s, and show me a better non-genre specific. So it's like, I only listen to black metal, so this. Not that guy, but everybody else that's got a little more breadth of taste, like me, in music. Come back to me and show me a song from 2003 or 2000 to 2009 that's better than Flatline. I dare you. It is, first of all, the riff is perfect. Perfect. I have listened to this song a million times. It is like the perfect stoner rock riff. It's just metal enough. It's just old school enough. 
you could you could see the tubes in your mind you could see the beer on top of the amp it's amazing um, that's a great description of stone or metal. See great the tubes. Yes, the tubes are smoking. Completely with you on that. That the vocal is amazing. The delivery is amazing. Again, just kind of the mumbly half, mumbly half clean delivery. No, the, very, yeah, very religious. Very poking. The, this is a little more pointed and a little more uh, critical of of maybe like all of life and earth and society. And if you want to read deeply into it, incredible guitar solo, and then like. Just like the catchy hook chorus is so simple and so perfect, man. And I, the only, if there's one thing I don't like about this song, there is for whatever reason, 11 seconds of silence at the beginning. I don't know why. Maybe Daughter of the Dam kind of ends on like a And then they gave like the first track, the next track, a little space. I, I listened to this thing at full volume, speakers, cans, whatever. And I can't understand why there's 11 seconds. Like, if you go listen to the first Tool full-length undertow, there's all kinds of weird stuff. If you don't listen too carefully, it's like subversively recorded extra secret tracks during the track you're listening to, like a whole separate underbed of music and weirdness. Same Neurosis does this. So I was like, maybe there's a secret track in these 11 seconds. No, it's just silence for 11 seconds. And then drum fill, ba-ba, ba-ba, riff, do-do-do-do-do. No, 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 no. Perfect. It's just, I could not write a better song in my whole life. They have not, to me, made a better song as a band. Uh, Game, set, match. This album rules because of this song. If it didn't have all the other things I like about it, this is the song. If you're going to check this band out, check out Flatline. I'll say this much, and with that, we should uh, move on. And I'll say this, and be the last thing I say on this album, we can move on to the next one. The entire time I listened to this, I was staring at the vinyl version of it. And the entire time I listened to the next one, though I enjoyed it, it was not the same connection. Got you. Uh, I will just sum up this record that the second half is still pretty strong. Top tracks include In the Morning, Rolling On, Choker, Maidens of Venus re-recorded from the EP previous. And then I go check out, the, if you can get the secret track, it's definitely on YouTube and Amazon Music. Don't know if it's on Spotify. I don't really use Spotify that much to listen to these things. Um, Dark Descend is the bonus track, and I really hadn't heard it at the time the album came out, and now that I'm living in the digital age and they've put it back out with the, the bonus, I do like it. Fair and enough. That, that is what I have to say. The second Great Awakening, to me, A-tier albums. The one A-tier I, I agree. album the band has. I, I agree. This is the third of four albums <clears> that <throat> I've listened to, and so far it... And, and you know, even after going through through four, it's still number one for me. Hmm. Fair enough. So the band goes on tour. They go to play festivals, and then at one point they lose their original drummer and bass player at the same time. They lose Janice. They lose the drummer, and they incorporate the original rhythm section of My Ruin who is a band I also love and we should consider doing a run-on. Uh, Yale and Johnny Chow, who are two L.A.-based musicians. Johnny Chow goes on later to play in Cavalier Conspiracy and now Stone Sour. That's where you all know him from. He looks like Rasputin a little bit. Kind of like a, a younger, less good-looking Troy Sanders of Mastodon, your least favorite band I will ever mention. Not um, least, but... <clears throat> and so... Uh, at this point, James is ordained and starts doing uh, 
Originally, he wasn't going to, and then he starts doing band weddings. So he marries Matt Dice of CKY and his bride in 2005. He is the officiant at Bam Majera's Wedding to Missy that was infamously broadcast all over MTV and run into perpetuity, which had no. Fireball Ministries music on it in the episode. No. <clears throat> okay. My answer to that is no. All right, then. Um, Have you ever been to a wedding where... The officiant wasn't a proper officiant? A couple times. Is it good or is it awful? Depends, depends. Um, I went to one and it was awkward and we're all going, uh... How about this? I've been to funerals where the uh, pastor or the religious person is horrible. Horrible. Yeah, Twice. Well, I mean, the, the where they're, like, is, inappropriately bad at funerals. Like, you, that's your no, like your number two job. You have three jobs if you're a religious leader, right? Number, like, that's number one, actually. I mean, well, I mean, regular service it should be my one. my 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 best friend is a minister. Okay. So whenever I need a man of the cloth, I call Chris. Mm. And whenever he needs anybody to play music, he calls Nick. Fair enough. I just think like you shouldn't be bad at one of those things, and I've seen some people be bad at them. So like a fun off kilter officiant for a wedding might make it a little zany anyway. Um, <clears throat> my friend, got, I was the best man at a wedding where the where the pastor was pretty much probably naked under the gown uh, because it was hot as balls. Anyway, um, so they move on. They tour. They're getting a lot of hype. Their band kind of changes members, and they go on to record. They get Yale and Johnny, and they do Their Rock Is Not Our Rock. Now they're a known band because of Flatline and King being big, let's say, underground metal radio singles, tour the world, open for bigger bands, festivals, BAM, video games. Now there's like, oh, this is a band people know about now. We got to like, what? what's up with them? And they're not on like whatever that early record was. They're still on kind of like genre-specific record labels, and they're on Liquor and Poker Records for this record that comes out right before Halloween. Liquor and Poker. Yeah, they, they've had... Here are the bands that have been... Wow! On, this, is a good, this is a good test. Who's been on this label? They're from Hawthorne, California. Should tell you most of what you need to know. Punk, stoner rock, and heavy metal genres. American Heartbreak, Never Heard of You. Backyard Babies. Black Halos, The Bones, Crash Kelly, Crucified Barbara, there's a band, Dirty Americans, Fireball Ministry, Fu Manchu, Hanoi Rocks, The Illuminati, Helicopters. Hanoi Rocks. Like real Hanoi Rocks? Real Hanoi or, Rocks. Or like but, later Hanoi Rocks. I mean, probably later Hanoi Rocks put a record out on this label. Helicopters, re- Middle Era, Nebula, Scott Reeder, who also ends up in Fireball Ministry now, and The Thieves. So... Not a disreputable label, but just not just still an underground thing. Well, and, and I mean, with the with all the the wit and charm of a fifteen year old, right? The front cover. Oh, I was going to say, like I didn't mention that the Second Great Awakening has you know Ken Kelly just passed away. We didn't talk about that, but rest in peace, Ken Kelly. And there, agreed. The the last record, the Second Great Awakening, is an homage to like Love Gun. And Man of War, and it's like a cartoon version of Fireball Ministry, like Ready to Raise Hell, which is great. Fits the album perfectly. It's exactly what they were going for. It's perfect. I wish Min- I wish Motorhead had, had lived long enough, Lemmy had lived long enough to do like an animated, drawn album cover. They never had one. Um, so they go to make Their Rock Is Not Their Rock. I think it's produced by Jim. <laughs> Uh, not not Nick Rascalanitz already, who is now doing stuff for Foo Fighters and Stone Temple Pilots and 
Red Hot Chili Peppers and everybody else. And it's their official third record. And the song The Broken was used in WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. They were already in a previous version of the game with King and a few other games. And the another single they had that actually used a track a lot of people seem to know is Spill the Demons, which is later in the album. But um, So this is... I'm going to say a little shorter. It's only 10 songs. I'm not saying they had less ideas or they were high, but it's, you know, 10 songs. And um, you can tell they're high on most of these songs. Well, that's fine. I mean, and like, I mean, when I say most of these songs, I mean all of them. All the time. But that's fine. That's who they are. It's part of that's, their identity. That is not a complaint. That is just yeah. an observation. So we're going to breeze through this a little bit because you already said you hadn't really had enough time to study. But I'm going to just talk about the highlights. It opens up with It Flies Again, which is, uh, you know, one of the longer tracks on the album. It's five minutes tight, 5.02. And uh, It Flies Again is a good opener. Uh, not nearly, you know, again, a little more refined version of what they've been doing. Stoner rock, good riffs, good vocals. He's definitely, uh, James is employing a lot more grit in his vocals on here, whether it's through hard living or just whatever consciousness. So it's a little less commercial sounding overall. You don't have, you still have good choruses and hooks, but you don't have that clean vocal dominating like the earlier material. But it flies again. Yeah, there's a good not, opener. There is not a lot, not a lot of Aussie worship. No, not as much this time around. Ozzy, Pepper Keenan, clean vocal, Paige Hamilton of Helmet. All those things would be appropriate for James Rhoda. Um, also, you know, sort of Orange Goblin. Also, Electric Wizard, Lee Dorian. The album cover here, by the way, they changed their logo. They never, there's another band that never has the same logo twice. And it's a pyramid of martial amps. So it tells you what you need. It's, uh, in the words of my great British friends, it, sa- it does what it says on the tin. You have said that in like the last three uh, episodes. Yeah, I'll stop. But uh, it does, you know, this is, I'm just telling you. It's, Sun- it's, it's, it's a good one. Don't it's a good one. one. I'll stop now. Um, Sundown is the next track, Solid, Not Spectacular. The Broken is from the video game. You might know it if you heard it. It's a pretty good track. Good riffs. Good good verses. Again, a little less... I think they're a little less on the nose lyrically on this album. I think he tr- tried to go in a new direction that was a little less obtuse. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It does work on The Broken. And this this album is... A lot of this album is... the. the and this just speaks to the complaint I have with this band. And I don't even know if it is a complaint, but for every album they've done thus far, cause we're on, this is album four that we have done of five. And it feels like every record has no real down spots and no real up spots for me. Being, excuse me. I'm sorry. Arrogant bastard is a burpee. Some bitch. And I'm burping it out. But every album, it's like if it's a C plus record, every song is C plus. If it's an A plus record, every song is A plus. So it there's not a lot of sticking to your ribs in terms of quality or disquality. I, I don't know what the word is. So mm. it's so a lot of this doesn't really. Old. It's not exceptional, but it's not terrible. Um, I would say that probably the weakest song on here is in the end, the next song. It's got a very motorheady stock riff that I can live without. It's not you know the same, not repetitive. It's repetitive. 
Kind of reminded me of Rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin, but high, you know, much less quality. Um, Two Tears is a good song. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get past that, that that for a moment. It reminds me of Rock and Roll, but nowhere near as good. <laughs> you know, rock and Roll by Led Zeppelin, you know? Um, I mean, it's Led Zeppelin. I mean, come on. Yeah, but I'm saying that kind of repetitive song. You want to do a Led Zeppelin run, or do you just want to jerk off? I mean... We'll talk about it. I don't know. There's so much I want to do. We can get there's to There's no reason to do a Led Zeppelin. Not probably. Not probably. But we did Thin Lizzy. And, you know, if you had been more familiar with them, you might not want to have. Two Tears is a good song. Spill the Demons, again, is the second song on here. Might be the third best song by the band Total. Uh, really good song. Good riff. Good chorus. Sounds a lot like uh, Happier High on Fire. And then the rest... That's an of, odd thing to say. It's a real odd thing to say. Less angry, high on fire. Happier, high on fire. Rising from the deep and save the saved. Again, going back to the religiosity of the previous lyrics. A little less obtuse, right on the nose. Again, hell speak, right on the nose. Exactly what you think it is about. Um, solid record, not spectacular. Solid B, C, C plus B. No real A, like... Spill the Demons and the Broken are probably B-plus songs, not quite A's. This whole record to me is like B-plus to B-minus. There's okay. nothing, which is probably the right thing you want to do after your breakout record. Mm. That's true. That's true. You don't want to fuck it up. That's really what it comes down to. How can we not blow this shit? Right. That, that's... And, and this this album feels safer than the previous couple, and it not that it's bad. It just doesn't it it doesn't have the hooks in me that the previous does. Yeah, they it's weird. They've never they had the breakthrough unintentionally through one of the biggest television programs in the world, but they've never had like the major label push. They just have never had one. It's weird. That they are a cult band. It's almost like, you know, if Monster Magnet never got big and never had space. Like, so Negasonic Teenage Warhead and that MTV video was really cool. Though A&M put a lot of money behind those guys because they were thinking, oh, here's our next Soundgarden. I'm not sure how that worked out for A&M records. I love Monster Magnet, by the way. But, um... Hey, Mitch Hedberg, man. They've never had... I've done the Mitch Hedberg joke. Fireball right? Ministry has never had the A&M records. They've never had Universal. They've never had a Spine Farm. They've never had uh, Space Lord. They could have. Flatline you know, could it, be their Space Lord, but it just didn't... It got big, but... Oh. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Space Bar. Let's hear some Fireball Ministry. Actually, that was Mastodon. Anyway, my bad. Um, it's like MC Lars said... Many many times because normally I'm not on the I'm not on the streaming app to do these I'm on Wikipedia to do the tracks. Thanks. It's, a, it, it's not about your label. It's not about this. It's not about that. The quality of the song will rise to the top. That's fair, and and that's what happened with this band. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trying to figure out if I have the data on this. I'll have to go look it up. So anyway, um. Great record, good record. That's that's the summation of these two of this, yeah. this today's yeah. episode. Um, and I, you know, I want to buy the twenty dollar or fifteen dollar Fireball Ministry record, 
But that $35 one is the one that makes me, the one that looks at me and goes, come on. Probably I'll buy it on Friday. That's, now I have to kind of satisfy my curiosity. Hold on. And Wiki is not going to help me. Hold on one second. I'm making faces. At the I know he's making fucking faces. I muted myself so you didn't hear. Alright, so here's Fireball Ministry on Bandcamp. I am now following. And let's see merch. Puzzles. I don't need 20, 20, that's their latest record. 15 for the one we're going to do next week on 180 gram white vinyl. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they got good... They got I high quality speak. shit considering they weren't on major labels. I wonder if they got their rights back and these are all put out by themselves, in which case, good, because every dime goes to them. I hope so. Yeah, um, I can't speak to the quality of the pressings. I can only speak to the quality of the money they put behind it, which yeah. they've definitely done as such. And they really have. I might have, eventually, when things get better, I may end up buying all these. I don't I know. I, I am probably going to get yelled at on, uh, on Friday. Yeah. Anywho, um, this has been a very good... To me, this was the whole reason to do this run is to get to this number two episode and do The Second Great Awakening. I hope you enjoyed this thing. I'm not exaggerating. I love this song so much, Flatline. I love that album. I love that song. I I love this record, the the second album, and I loved the, the, the EP they did. And... I, as we go deeper and deeper into this band, I am enjoying them more. You know, last week I listened to it went, oh, this is pretty good. And I looked at their website or I looked at their Facebook. Today I dug deeper and I went to their band camp after listening to their, their second full length album. And there is probably nothing more you can say positively for a band rather than the more I listen, the more I'm trying to give them money. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting thing. Um, if you go into your community tab on Bandcamp, mm-hmm. all their vinyl came out in, in 2020 during the pandemic. Yeah, they, they dropped it all very it Basically recently. right between the beginning and the middle of May and the end of May. And then late in, I think in late in 2020, they put out their most recent record. They have not had a record in almost five years. I don't know. You know, again, we've discussed why, but um, pretty cool. They still have a, well, let's see if the website still works. I am hoping, I got my fingers crossed, that Keefe is going to get uh, a part four with Fireball Ministry. Yeah, I'll, I'll reach out. I'm going to see if where they come on. Where they come on the video with us. That would be cool. We're definitely not going to get it in time for tomorrow. We're definitely not going to get Metallica on our next Metallica run, so. <laughs> Fair enough. What's going on? Have you gotten any notices about that Metallica yet? No, right? No, I, ha- I have not. Uh, the first one shipped in late march so i am expecting i'm I'm really screwed if i probably need to contact them and change my address because it's not gonna we're not gonna get it in three weeks probably no i think we will they have their own pressing plant i know but it's like if i i'm moving like literally on the the first i know i know i don't want to not get it after i paid for it and i don't want to you know, make you wait if you haven't, and I don't. You're gonna have to wait. 
Uh, I will wait. It's just you'll wait till your love comes down. I'm coming straight for your heart. If you know those lyrics, you are my friend. Or not. Okay, Nick is leaving. No, he's going to go get the record because that's what Nick does. We get to see Nick's junk in his sweatpants, shorts, and uh, he can't hear me say any of these things, but when he listens back, boy, is he going to be mad as I have to talk while he's getting the record again across the room now instead of right behind him. And he's probably digging for it in the crates, which is creating this vacuum of suck that I am now facilitating like a gaping gunshot wound in a chest of a barrel-chested person. I'm going to sip this beer. I never shouted out this glass. I don't know where it came from, but I Lost Coast Brewery, Eureka, California, the hometown of Mr. Bungle. But uh, I'm going to sip my next-to-last sip of beer. Here comes Nick with the Van Halen album. Put your headphones on. You don't hear me disparaging you. Oh, hey, here's Nick is back, my best friend. You didn't hear all the dumb shit I said about you in the last minute and a half. Yes. I'm sorry, it was hard to get it out of there. I knew it was going to be, because invariably, if you need a thing, it's hard to get to. Correct. I pulled out uh, Diver Down and Women and Children First, and 5150 dropped on my ass, and that's not any of what I wanted. No. No Van But this are. one, if I could wax philosophical briefly about my cousin, Jamie, who died back in 2015. Mm-hmm. He was uh, one year older than me live life to the fullest regardless of consequence and died from alcohol poisoning you know living dying from precisely living life to the fullest and without uh, any regard for consequence but uh he also smoked a lot of the pot which i got no qualms about the pot if anybody wants to smoke it i just think it smells like ass and uh when I got this copy of the album at Time Machine Antiques in St. Peter's, Missouri, which is about 35, 40 miles west of where I'm sitting right now, I opened it up to look at the the record. If you're buying records in an antique mall, always pull out the record to make sure you're buying what it says. So you don't do or what I did. Then pull it out so you don't look like you're doing some squiffy shit in the store. Either way, make sure you look at the record so that way you don't buy Johnny Cash sings Hank Williams and get some other bullshit when you get home. Because you know maybe you want. I'm so lonesome with Johnny Cash singing and you don't get it. But so, so I pulled this out. I, could cry. I looked at it and I could smell the pot. I mean, I I pulled it out. And went holy shit. But, uh, you know, as we get older, we lose our family members. He's one I miss. Mm, I am sorry for your loss, pal. Um, it was a long time ago. It's, it's, still, it's been. Still? Still counts. Um, Fireball Ministry doesn't have any recent news at all. So I don't know what's None. on the band. No, uh, no updates on the Facebook page since 2019. Trying to see if you can, their web, I mean, trying to see if you can contact them through their website. General management or booking. I'm going to go to their management and see what the fuck is up. And see if we can get them. See if we can get James or Emily. Hey, what the fuck is up? Get the fucking easy, easy on the mic. We ran them. Did we run the first one yet? No, right? That this Friday? No, no. The first one runs next week. See, I'd rather have it to send them when we ran one. So I probably wait until we've run that one and then send it. Because, like, I have nothing to show. That's their band, right? Like... 
let's run the first one next week, and then I'll send the email. Whenever you run it, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever you put it up. It'll, uh, number one, will hit a week, will hit on the 17th. 16th. 16th. All right, fair enough. I have nothing else to add to this except I love these out. I love that album in particular, and the other one's pretty good. And if you're going to start a collection on these guys, those two first, and then probably the EP with the covers, because I love those covers. I would say start with uh, the second record, The Great Awakening. The second Great Awakening, excuse me. This is this is a cool band. And what I love about doing these shows is, you know, there are... We get to the reality of an artist. We get to the truth that we actually have about them. When we started King Diamond, Merciful Fate... I thought we would be basically painting our screens and cameras with our uh, pumping of the tires. We'll leave it at that. When, But we didn't. When we did Metallica, I thought there was going to be a lot more celebration. When we did Quiet Riot, I thought this is a party band and we're going to really get there. And there's not been anybody... Even I, even the mighty Iron Maiden, who's beyond reproach, has not gotten the complete tire pumping. And this band so far has been worthy of all of that tire pumping when you grade it on a curve, in my mind, because what is commonplace now was new in 1999. Mm. And, but it's still a really cool run you know this is something that's been a lot more fun for me than than lizzie whom i love don't misunderstand but this is something new something discoverable this is more fun for me than king's x more fun than faith no more and i hope everyone else is enjoying this as well because this is akin to getting into Jimi hendrix after listening to psychedelia for 20 years this is akin to hearing that first metallica record after loving what is it neo thrash what do they call it what do they call the second wave of thrash that's like 30 years later that's just pizza thrash that's what i call it crossover or pizza thrash modern crossover whatever pizza thrash i call it pizza thrash like municipal waste is pizza thrash to me it's thrash metal made by kids at the pizza shop who love DRI, but also Metallica and Slayer. All right. I feel like I need to get into Municipal Waste all of a sudden because I love DRI. Municipal but, Waste has a new record coming out. I'm extremely excited about it. Um, all right. Fair enough. I, I, but I was, this is this yeah. is a fun run for me because it's something it, – it's, it's a new look at one of my favorite things. I love stoner metal. I love doom metal. I don't know that I've really gotten that across in in the series we've done because we haven't done. We have not done one band from the genre. You know, Sabbath is Sabbath, but we haven't done none of the disciples of the the genre yet. Right. And this is the first time we have done a band that is worshiping another band. I will say this. This is probably the first. Let's say this. If you were a music and a rock and metal fan in 95, in 2005, 
and you heard this Fireball Ministry record from 2003, or you saw Bam and were like, man, I like those riffs. That reminds me of Clutch or COC. This would be a really good third band to get into. You know, I say it takes two bands to make a genre, subgenre. This would be your third good band. There are a lot of other bands that are better, but like... I... Yes, there are a lot of other bands that are better, but... Or slightly different or more just, you know, expansive, trying different things. Agreed, but it's hard to understand a genre if you... And, you know, this is the rock and metal kind of philosophy, is you can't be a fan unless you're a historian. And I think so. That that's and that's how I'm looking at this is this is like the beginning of stoner metal. This is the beginning of doom metal as a genre, rather than excuse me, just what those dudes in Black Sabbath did a while back. And that's what makes it cool. And I am rambling, I am gonna stop and I'm gonna let Keithy call it a day. All right then. Thank you so much for listening to the Glacially Musical Podcast. He's Nick. I'm Keefe. You can find us both on the social medias. And, uh, you know, again, it's our great pleasure and honor to bring these conversations to you. We enjoy them immensely. I hope you also do. Let us know with a like or a subscribe, especially on your Spotify. Follow us on Spotify. You know, save us to your Apple podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. Watch us on YouTube. Drop us a comment. Even if you didn't like us, if you immediately hated us, let us know. It does inform what we do. And uh, with that, I will say this has been the Galatian the Musical Podcast. It does not play in Peoria, the hometown of Mudvayne. Can you see my gray hair? Well, yeah, now I do. Because <laughs> you pointed it out. I don't understand. Anyway, peace.